Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Are you sure you're Tyler Smith and not Henry Rollins? What? Why? <laughs> the way you're holding your mic Oh, right yeah. Now. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I lent out... It's a weird thing to lend out, but I lent out our fourth mic stand to a friend and forgot to get it back in time for uh, this record. So I'm going old school with uh, with this and holding the actual mic. Well, you know what they say, a good friend is the guy who's there for you with a mic stand when you need it. Yeah, I think that's that's a that seems like a Hemingway quote, I think, right? <laughs> he was uh, really wordy. Yeah, yeah. Tended to hem um, and haw a little bit, right? Now, uh listeners you you heard uh, our, our episode yesterday, episode five hundred A. Yeah, this is episode five hundred B. So we're continuing our week of celebrations of our five hundredth uh, episode. Special um, thanks to Jimmy and Matt. Yeah, thank you to Jimmy and Matt for for uh, kicking off the week with us. But uh, Tyler, since you have this all planned out, that's right, with a whole story. Yeah, why don't you tell us what is the theme of episode five hundred B and who are our guests? It's a it's a big narrative, David, and so. Uh, David, I want to take you back in time. Uh, we, oh, uh, so we were inspired by Never Not Funny and a few other podcasts uh, to, to start this show. Uh, we, we were inspired by Never Not Funny in what we should do, and then there are other shows that I won't say, I won't mention, of what not to do. Yep. To do, yep. to do. Yep. do. Yep. So we started, and then I early on, uh, we started having guests, often from the world of comedy. Uh, but then also um, actors and uh, directors and people that uh, it was just very, I remember we were just so very, very excited to, to have uh, these people. Uh, we've had a number of guests on, like some of whom we've, we, we grew up watching and some of, of whom we uh, came to know more through the world of, of stand-up comedy and improv and that kind of thing in Los Angeles. And so, uh, so we decided to have some of our favorite guests and some of our most supportive guests for this episode. We've got uh, fan favorite, no, par- parenthetical question mark, uh, Josh. A, Fa- <laughs> no, the, mo- the right fans, <laughs> the right, the good ones that they get, the ones that get it. Josh Fadum is here. Hi. And then, of course, we've got Pat Healy. Oh, I'm not a question mark. No. Not to me. Unquestionable. Unquestionably. Unquestionably favorite. What is, questionable is there an favorite. issue with you? There are There's some. Tro- I get some trolls now. Oh, some really? Set of listeners. There's a handful of trolls who relate to the party, and every we every time I'm on there, this guy's unbearable. Huh? Admittedly, voices. See, like Pat doesn't even be. understand it. Losers. <laughs> I've yeah. known you Pat's for yeah. like twelve years now. No, gotta be more than twelve. Yeah, 12. Oh, a little like twelve and a half years. Yeah. I don't he find can bear me. He can bear me. Yeah. I spend a lot more guys? time with you than people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, tread lightly, though. These uh, guys might come uh, after you. F you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Stop. So, Turn it off now. My boy Pat, he's we, got uh, my back. We told the story, I think, last time you were on the podcast, Josh, but we came to know you exclusively through this podcast mm-hmm. because you were kind, kind enough to be a last minute fill in guest. Yes. And I only, I, I, I knew who you were from seeing you do stand up. And also, I think the first time I ever saw you was not really stand up. It was at the silent movie theater before it was in a family uh-huh. and you were introducing Metropolis uh-huh. and you came out with your head wrapped in foil. Oh, <laughs> sounds about right. That's our yeah, You didn't tell me that. You yeah, didn't I'm tell sure me I that. I know. I remember that, but I, yeah, yeah I, I forgot. Well, I forgot, had forgotten that. And then I think the first time I saw you do stand up, stand up, you told the story about house sitting and having to go to the hospital because you got water poisoning. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's a good, that's a classic. Uh, and classic. so, um, seek me yeah, out if you want to hear it. Water on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
uh, again, I knew who you were, Pat, but I, I think my own if tall I'm, bottle of if water. I'm, okay, they're talking about me now. now okay, sorry. All right, all right, sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna pump you up. About. I'm gonna pump you up. Don't but worry. I'm gonna pump you up. If I remember correctly, we met you, Pat, through Josh. Okay, all right. Josh had a birthday party at an ice cream shop. That's right, scoops, 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 and I believe we met outside of scoops for the first time and you asked me to do the show i think i followed up with an email after maybe yeah i mean uh, i, I think got it it's been so long. i think probably I, what I happened is you. it's probably what happened is i said to david david you gotta meet pat you gotta beg him to do the thing that's probably you gotta true. meet him yeah. and i do remember uh movie people find each other in weird ways and then you forget like mm-hmm. where it started you know yeah. unless it's somebody you went to school with or grew up with or whatever. where where's the place david that you and then i went every once in a while used to do a trivia uh, was it on Vermont? Yeah, was the, on the public house. I would yeah, never yeah. be seen there. <laughs> I, even though I live a block... Oh, I shouldn't say where I live. But I live very close to there, but um, yeah, I would never go in that place. That place is inhuman. Sorry. There, there was oh, one I time... Had, I it, it's what? gotten more and more inhuman. What are you talking really? about? I, I hadn't been in years, and I was there just like last month. Um, that sports bar? Uh, yeah. Oh. There, I mean, was one, there was one time, it was I after trivia. Screw them, fuck them, fuck that public house. I don't go there, I'll piss on the place. I'm not a big sports person. So <laughs> oh, okay. Like that, so, well, that's know. something. Yeah. There that, might that be one. It's weird because it's... But I literally, like, if you were sitting from the distance that I'm sitting, where we're sitting now, which is a few feet, I wouldn't be able to hear anything that you're saying in that place. Because right. there are 8,000 screens playing yeah, that's something. that's true. Well, but all and the music is in the blasting music yeah. as well, and, and then I get to you know go drunk. see the vomit when I go for my coffee in the morning every day too. That space though has been something like it's been like a dozen different things. Yes, it's but when that owners. place opened, it changed the the entire dynamic of the neighborhood that I've lived in for you know most of the entirety of you know the eighteen years yeah. I've lived out here, and it's not not a good one. Um, those those just aren't my people. That used to be where they had that comedy show. Tiger, Tiger Lily. Lily. Yeah. That's it's been owned by yeah. the same. Well, so the guy that owned the Electric Lotus, it was originally up the yeah. street on Vermont. Most people don't know what. Now it's Enter Carly. This is interesting. LA right? history. That's guys. all of his place. Those are all three of his places. The study, which I like, actually, I will put it on plug for the study, which is the quiet bar that's right next to. That's part of the complex. Oh. That's next to. So good so name for a quiet bar. Place. That place is good. The study and the Electric Lotus is good, but I can't be in that. that is, I've never been. To, is Electric Lotus loud? No, it's just an Indian restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it is worth... like tabla and music and like uh-huh. uh, sitar music is loud. It, it is worth noting that, Pat, we saw you outside the public house. After uh, trivia, you happened to be walking by, and I think Ed yes. Salazar called you over. And that might have been either the first or second time that David and I saw you. That makes sense. I, and... It was during the daytime. No, it was at night. No? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, remember... I live there, so I mean, I, I live around the corner. From I there. have a very specific memory and this is going to be super nerdy. Like you, when you walked up, and I think we had met you once before, but I don't think at the time we had approached you about being on the show yet. And uh, as you walked up, I gave David a glance, and he gave me a <laughs> glance, and we were just like, "All right, this." We didn't say anything, <laughs> but it, it, it was it was like this needs to happen. <laughs> uh, and so, so yeah, I think that was and when we've we been actually oh, yeah, trying yeah. to have a three way with you ever since. Yeah, mm. that's that was that what that look was. And now look at this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're all I making we've done the- shifting eyes with each other. <laughs> Who's going to make the first You think movie? that we've done this together before? I think we have done it once. It feels like we have. Tyler maybe would know. No. No, I, I think we've done <laughs> it once. You're far away from the mic, Josh. I think we've done it once there. before. Mm. Now, Josh, you were on with Gobel. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And, Pat, you were on with Tobo. That's Stephen right. Tobolowski. Yeah, Tobolowski, yeah. Um, yeah, Go- Gobel and And I've Tobo. been on Gobel's show. Yeah. yeah. 
or whatever. But I don't think you guys have been on the show together before. I, gotta, I feel like we have one. Eared listeners can can let us know. Uh, Maybe we crossed something. paths during like the awards or during sure. like. Well, I know we did. A, I know we did a live show. I think our very first live show was. But I think that we also yeah, with Ed Salazar yeah. too. Yeah. I got a feeling that we've all been rambling about something on the uh, together. Yeah, we were all on that couch because I have a picture of me and you oh, right, and Ed yeah. on the couch. Yeah, yeah, I know that picture at the, um, on the internet. On the, the internet. meltdown. Yeah. It's floating around the internet. It's, but I think we've all sat at the table with the microphones talking about the movies. I think you, we've done you, ha- you have not. Well, <laughs> I, I feel say. like we have. <laughs> Let me say. ask you this. Were those, uh, well, we're in reminiscing mode. Can we IMDB that? Well, you got, no. Uh, <laughs> were those meltdown shows um, fun? IPDB. I remember having fun doing it. I, I, I don't know that I would... Um, be so bold as to uh, uh, you know I, you know I don't know who listens to these things, but in the day I just assumed no one was listening. But I, I, I pretty much publicly shit on a very prominent director and <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's, that's right. I don't I don't think I would do that again. Um, at this stage of my career, it's probably not uh, too healthy. But um, I guess people can find that somewhere. But I think uh, that one is probably it was a funny bit. I found somewhere. it. Yes. It was a, it was very uh, funny. I remember that. And it's accurate, but I, I don't think I would you know publicly do that again. Yeah. So uh, we talked about like, but it was fun. Like new listeners, people who every time people who are always here now watch Josh everyone will time. go back and find yeah. this and put it all over <laughs> the place, yeah, and I'll never used, work with that guy. We used to do live shows at Meltdown Comics before it was. Nerd Melt, and before it was on TV every Wednesday, yeah, and with, it was uh, uh, Jonah and Kamel. Before it outgrew us, we were oh, we were their flagship show for that, a long time. That was never true. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, and Josh did a, did a couple of those, I believe. I think I did. How many did you do? We did four. I think I at least did two. I think we did six. There's I think no I, I think I just did the one. Well, I think Pat and I have and done I remember this the regular. I did podcast. it in early 2010 because I'd just come back from vacation. And it was right before I went and did the innkeeper, so I remember exactly. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember because in that picture I've got longer hair Sorry, and yeah, a jacket that I had in 2010, yeah. and I had longer hair in that jacket in 2010. That was a nice my hair's jacket. like, yeah, thanks. Was like I think after my parents' super house, super blonde from the Hawaiian sun. Oh yeah, I remember that crispy blonde. Yeah. There's yeah. Pat. There is okay. So we used to do a, a donation drive uh, with this show, and there is somebody out there in this world with your shirt from the Inky. Yeah, you know yeah. it's funny. I was just I was down in Virginia for this thing. They had this, they had this mini film festival, and they 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 said they wanted to do like a tr- tribute thing to me, and they showed like five movies, five of my movies, and uh, I was like, okay, it's a small town in Virginia. Um, um, and uh, it's about a half. It's about an hour away from DC, um, and uh, it's the first Alamo Draft House outside of Austin. So it's like about eight years old. And I went there, and they showed a bunch of movies. But I was watching The Innkeepers. They had this like beautiful thirty-five millimeter print that that Magnolia had lent them. And I, when immediate, I watched like the first fifteen minutes or something. When the shirt came on, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, "Oh man, somebody's got that shirt." <laughs> Winchester, Virginia, I should say. I was I blanked on the name of the town. Did you wish you had the shirt back? Um, yeah, uh, I was kind of like, "Well, that was kind of rash of me," but, but it's cool that it's out there. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not worth dick right now, but maybe it will be. Some well, sure. I always think about it. It's like. Uh, I've had plenty of things that I've worn on things, maybe just even a video or like an acting job that was mine, and then it, it was lost. I'm like, well, at least they captured the article of clothing on film somewhere. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about. I, I get really weirded out by like if I'm working working on a show or a movie, and the person that 
like one of the people who's acting with them. I'm not going to say I never did. I used to do it when I was older, when I was younger. Uh, but I see people do it still. Is they get a selfie with the actor that they were in the show with, and you're like, you're in the show with them. <laughs> like it's captured on film. Right. That- like. Is it like to say that you were hanging out with them off stage? See, we weren't just acting together. We were, but you weren't. You just grabbed them over and asked them to do a picture, and they were nice enough to say yes. That is very similar. Many, many years ago, I was visiting. Hey man, in case I get cut out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was visiting my mom, and my mom, God bless her, she's always been very supportive and stuff, but. Uh, I remember we were back when there were video stores, we were walking through a video store and my mom just did not really understand the nature of what the show was. And so in a last ditch in like the most blatant attempt to like get my mom's approval, um, literally as we were walking through the video store, I was like pointing to movies. I was like, I said, see that guy on that box. He's been on the show. You see like, uh, like, uh, I love you, Beth Cooper just come out. So like there's Paul Russ all over it. And so I was like, you see that person, that person's been on the right. show. I'm being like super blatant. And then my mom kept saying like, did you get their autograph? I said, no mom. I talked with them <laughs> for at least an them. hour. Yeah. You know? out. And, yeah. She's, and I was like, ah, this is, I think this is, uh, tilting at windmills. Yeah. The, Although the, I have, the, uh, like, I mean, you guys were already actors and stuff when you were first in the show, but I feel like, in the time, like you mentioned, innkeepers and we're both clients and cheap yeah. girls, oh, we're big and then you were at Thirty Rock and uh, the Breaking Bad spinoff. That I'm forgetting the name. Better of. Call Saul. Better Call Saul. And now you've got Powerless coming out, right? Mm-hmm. There's another good one too. Um, Reno Nine One One. You had already done that. What am I? No, it's not another upcoming one. Oh, what is that? Twin Peaks. Oh, oh that's shit. right. I knew that. Of course. Oh, yeah. But Josh, you were at my wedding. My brothers yeah. were like. Is, is that Liz Lemon's agent? Um, <laughs> and then, Pat, I had a similar experience. Uh, at I ran into you at Sundance. And I'm you sorry were, I couldn't make your wedding. Uh, that, oh, that's fine. Um, but you, you did run into me at Sundance. And, no, uh, yeah, no, see, I saw the bottle, and I was like, did I, I ran into you? Yeah, you did run into me. Because I don't um, remember. It no, was Tyler all, wasn't there. I, no, I know. I was just telling him. I was like, which one of you was at Sundance? Because I didn't remember seeing either of you. Yeah, we did. Well, where uh, did we run into each uh, other? At the bar at the Doubletree. Well, it was a bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you, like, I, and I was. Oh, it was the last. Last night I was there. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you left, and my friend was like, "How do you know Pat Healy?" Like, <laughs> very impressed. So, uh, yeah, it you is guys very are, exciting. Are it, cool quotient. It is very exciting, even for me as someone who's been friends with Pat for twelve-ish years, uh, to talk to someone who doesn't know Pat and be like, uh, "You know, Pat Healy is," and they're like, "Oh yeah." And I'm like, no, that's my old friend. <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> for me to hear. Yeah. I, w- I went down to this thing, and they were going to show my movies, and then they they totally surprised me and uh, made it. Declared it Pat Healy Day in this city. Oh, wow. And I have a trophy that's like declared at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia every August 27th. Now is officially Pat Healy Day there. And right. I remember that's my parents' anniversary. And actually, this is their 50th anniversary this mm. year. So it's a big deal. Um, and and there was T-shirts and stuff. And it's like, it's <laughs> I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It's like all very new and and uh, strange to me and wonderful but it's like you don't quite know how to react like you're sort of in the bubble and then it's like it's it's really odd it's very flattering but i, I don't know like how to feel about it i mean like any loss of m- more loss of anonymity i think is going to be a, would be a little irritating but you uh, really can't get involved in a scandal now like <laughs> I know that you probably had reason. You know what? Before. I've been. You know, if I get any more, you know, well known, there's things I'm sure that uh, people 
will come out. It'll come that. digging. I don't want <laughs> that. Crawling out the grave. Yeah, I, I mean, you still have some anonymity, but I like that. That's not the case in Winchester, Virginia. No, or if like one neighborhood you can't walk. Or down like the street, Austin, Texas. Like, it's oh, like, sure, right. Oh, I was at the airport uh, in Chicago yesterday, and uh, I was I was talking to a friend of mine, this actress Rondi Reed, who's uh, from Steppenwolf Theater Company, and uh, this guy walked up. I guess he heard us talking about the business or whatever, and he goes. Now I remember, great show. And I was like, I don't know what show. He's like, weren't you on a show? And I was like, I, I said I'd never been a regular on a show. He goes, Oz. And I was like, Oz. <laughs> and then I remembered like years ago, like sometimes Lee Turgeson, who's on yeah. Oz. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think I looked No, like I knew him. exactly. As soon as I was like, <laughs> okay, was well, cool. All right. <laughs> That's fine. That's I mean, funny. Did you like Oz? Very much so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also loved you in the Weird Science And then he said, TV I will show. get you a show. Yeah. Oh, was he on the Weird Science TV Lee show? Lee was. Yeah. He played Chet. He was uh, part of uh, Bodie's crew in Point Break. And I remember because. he, that's right. I rem- and he did play one part that I did read for one time. Which was like one of the rapists in Monster, which I'm mm. happy to have not played. There's right. an actor I'm getting. Um, people are uh, saying, "Hey, was that you in that thing? I'm like in that bigger thing? No, it wasn't. There's a kid named Josh Brenner. Is there a kid that looks like you named Josh? He doesn't Brenner? look like me, but people, he wears glasses, and 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 he's my ages. So people are like, "Hey, I saw that. I saw you in that thing." And then I'm like, "That wasn't that." Thing. I heard John Cryer interviewed Brenner. recently, and the people still think he's Matthew Broderick like all the time <laughs> and he's so on funny. like the biggest TV show in the world yeah there was something I was going to say off that story oh, Josh that, that Brenner is from I know I know he's, I for, he's from he's, all, yeah he's, 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 he's uh, Nelson Baghetti on Silicon Valley oh. yeah. and I do not think you guys oh think. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, see that I also still uh, mostly mostly I get called um Harry Potter from anyone. I can't shake Harry Potter. No matter how much I don't look like him, says everyone else, or how much glasses, I though. glasses. I change my glasses. What I grow my hair out. I fluctuate weight. There's no dodging the Harry Potter. But you got that big scar on your forehead. That's the not big scar. <laughs> I got the scar surgically removed. People say I love the Harry Potter scar. Well, the uh, one I remember, I think there was about two months where everyone kept telling you you look like the kid from Moonrise Kingdom. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, when Moonrise Kingdom was out. Yeah, yeah. But it was also a thing where I think about it is like. I, from zero to 21, Harry Potter was not a part of my life, and I didn't have any interest <laughs> right. in Harry Potter. And then in 2001, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to go through my life just being Josh. And then 2001, people are like, Harry Potter. And then it's like, <laughs> ah, yeah, that kid's thing. Well, that'll blow over. And then it never <laughs> blew over. <laughs> it still hasn't stopped. And It's bigger than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Making I, more. There was a thing that you were telling me when you were talking about the story of your mom. I remember the first acting job that I ever uh, got was on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. And, uh, and I went to the, I got invited to a rap party, you know, and this, I, someone had said a note like, oh, they were really happy with you, what you did on it. And they sent you an invite to the rap party. And I called my dad and go, hey, I, got, I did worked on this show, which it wasn't a popular show at the time. Uh-huh. And it was like, I, I, uh, I got invited to the party. And he's like, yeah. Can they help you? <laughs> I was like, they put me on their show. I think they've done everything they can do. Yeah, they did. They helped me. Yeah, Short think, of bringing wheelchair the, guy as part of it, you know, as a regular. Like they could have brought him my, back. My mother kept, well, kept saying, you know, you know, you can always come back and, and live with us until I was like 40. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, she stopped saying it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's this thing that, you know, I've talked to other people about it where like, if if your parents and my parents are very sort of with it and you know love movies and very, very 
intelligent uh, people. But like, there's a there's a thought that if you're not on the TV, you're just kind of sitting around because they don't yeah. actually see you in the box. Like you're just kind of like in a hammock somewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a constant. If you're not working, you are trying to work. Yeah. Or I'm writing. You know, Josh is writing. You know, I'm. You know, I've been in post on the movie I directed for coming up on four months. I mean, I'll be probably four months once we lock picture. Um, what like, can you tell us about the the movie? What can I tell you? Well, it's a a black comedy uh, starring myself and Taylor Schilling from Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is produced by the Duplass brothers. Okay. And, um, you'll all be hearing about it soon, I, I think. All right. I can't wait. Um, by, does, at least by. Does it have a name? Early next year. It's called Take Me. All right. Although, so, you probably heard it here first and I'll probably get yelled at or something. <laughs> I, I, I think like to you keep might be overestimating under the- wraps. Sure. Well, yeah. It will be a number of weeks before this episode sees the light of day, actually. I so, think I, uh, I, it was wild. Like, we, I mean, we weren't allowed to, like, you know, say anything and, and uh, you know, uh, no social media posts, no Instagram, no Twitter, nothing. I mean, people knew that I was directing a movie, but, like, the Taylor Schilling, like, fan boards, like, the, oh, yeah. the, the detective work that they did. Off of like just little like this guy like they found out that I was directing a movie with her and like and we you know one of the reasons you keep it quiet is because you don't want those people showing up on you know a location and things like that right um, but like yeah you have to be you know extremely stealth because we weren't a big operation it's a small movie so it's not like there's tons of security and all that kind of stuff now that it's done you know she's gone folks she's she lives you know in another city. But uh, um, everything else, I just I sort of have to listen to my bosses and keep <laughs> this, it tight. This I was going like to say, the, say, it's probably, you're probably better off. It's, it's more under wraps telling us <laughs> than just telling your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, This is like a, 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 like a lockbox. Exactly. This podcast is a lockbox. <laughs> this movie. is where secrets go. Yeah. But this sounds like <laughs> the experience secrets. I was hearing about the, uh, the guys uh, uh, who made the secret Blair Witch sequel. Yeah. Had to like keep it yes. under wraps. Yeah. So is, are we going to find out that Take Me is like secretly a sequel to like i don't know stepmom or something else from the late 90s <laughs> you know it's funny because like we're, the fans have been wanting the stepmom <laughs> we have it under wraps and there are there are certain corners like the ones i just talked about like the taylor message boards where it's like people are like expecting 10 cloverfield lane or something and they're going to be really disappointed i mean not in the movie but like it's not because well you'll see it's not. Uh, it's allowed, not. It's not because it's some big property. I mean, it's a little movie. But it's, are you are you allowed to talk about any potential uh, appearances in any set dressing in the film? <laughs> any the appearances of of set dressing or of of actors or there's chairs. Who, yeah, but any oh, actors who might be pieces of set dressing. Like other actors in the like, movie. Like you know, yeah, that might have there aren't in, that many that might have appeared in. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Josh does have a little cameo. (laughs) Sorry. I I forgot. (laughs) Even though I look at it every day and have for the last three and a half months, I somehow. So so there's a Polaroid. Yeah, there's a. Eagle eyed viewers will see a Josh (laughs) cameo. Uh, Wow. I I heard it here on the podcast. I was listening to the podcast. I heard that my Polaroid. 
possibly See, even that's like oh, potentially pol- like pol- polar ca- polar opposite people you know they don't get along with yeah. each other. my my polar cavity <laughs> my polarity Josh, polar. there is a there's <laughs> a still photographed Josh Fadum cameo in my movie. I would have given him a part had I had a part for which he was I was suitable. happy to to do the part. It's I, basically a two person show, um, but there are some other actors who have a, a scene or two here and there. Uh, Josh, David, and I recorded commentary for uh, Entrance. We're on the official DVD uh, commentary for the movie uh-huh. entrance. And I, oh, uh, Dallas and, uh, yeah, and, and uh, Patrick's, Patrick's movie. movie. Yeah. That's a great movie. And uh, yeah, I love it. And I think at some point I pointed out just a bit of trivia that I knew that there's a scene where you are in the background oh, yeah. shooting pool. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I said that. And uh, then afterwards, I think after it was all done, I, I remember thinking, oh, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, Sag has I, been I feel banging like on my door <laughs> because of I him. I went on I did Mark Maron's podcast, which is has you know millions of people listen to it. But you're just sitting in a room having a conversation with a guy that you've known for you know whatever eleven years, twelve years. And I I there were lots of things I said on there that are deeply personal, but the thing I got in trouble for was. Uh, Calling a certain city a shithole. <laughs> Someone said, "Hey, hey!" A lot don't of people did actually, here. and you know, I. It's like you suddenly understand that thing when, you know, a, a celebrity just uses the wrong word on the Today Show and right. like as a firestorm. Like you suddenly like have empathy for them, you know, because it's just you're just talking to someone and you yeah. don't you're not it's not scripted, I, and then it's suddenly like, oh, right, that's. People are listening to this. You know? I was about to ask you what city, and then I realized I don't think I learned the lesson of that story. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know? Oddly enough, it's I forget the name of it, it's the one that has Pat Healy Day, which is unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. They were yeah, trying to they're trying to win you over. Yeah. So, yeah it was after the Pat Healy Day was crying. He's like, this place is shit. Yeah. Let's get him. Let's win him over. I've said some things. Uh, I've said some things like on Twitter. I've said something on Twitter or whatever where I was like. Where someone came out and was like, you jerk, you, you shouldn't. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I personally contacted them and be like, that's not how I meant it. And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. I like you. Yeah, now. people are like, we're in the age of outrage and and we're in the age of if people people being offended on other people's behalfs, who, of other people who aren't offended. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you know, most of my, um, I, I try not to engage in these conversations at all anymore, but, you know, um, I don't have arguments about race or gender with women or people of color. I have them with angry white dudes <laughs> <laughs> of a certain age. But there you go. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what... Uh, there's only one instance, I think, where I forgot myself during this show. And I uh, and it's the one... It's the one Notable edit that we've ever made. Lose yourself in the music, the moment, the podcast. Exactly. I, I owned it, right? That's a lyric yeah. from yeah. that thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I told a story about when I, I'm not going to say who it was. Right. Yes. But, uh, this is very early on. There's yeah, a lot of cryptic early. talk in this podcast, was, by the way. I did a thing. I don't want you to know what I did, but I did it and it didn't work out so well. Anyway, go on. So Sorry. I used to work at Blockbuster and, yes. uh, and I worked at the one in Studio City. So a fair number of celebrities came in. And because they're celebrities, you're kind of paying attention to how they act. And you know, there is a couple, there are a couple that were super friendly. Um, John Noble was super friendly. Um, I don't even know who that is. He's a guy from fringe. Um, and, uh, he's in Lord of the Rings. 
Yeah. But, uh, and then Sorry, Forrest, John. Forrest Whitaker was like super friendly. Sorry, but, John. Uh, He's nobody. And uh, still very imposing nonetheless. Sure. Um, Cato Kalen. Cato Kalen was, that was a fun experience. <laughs> I know him from um, Hail Caesar, the film directed by Anthony Michael Hall. That's right. I didn't know he directed that. <laughs> yes. I met him one time. Which one? Anthony Michael Hall or Cato Kalen? Cato Kalen. How's he doing? This was 1999. I first moved here. You're gonna. I'm not, we're digressing now, but yeah. I got invited by a friend of mine uh, who had been a guest on Politically Incorrect, which is the show that Bill Maher was, mm-hmm. was doing mm-hmm. at the time, and suddenly found myself at Bill Maher's house in a room with about this size, with Bill Maher, Larry Flint, Jimmy J.J. Walker, Cato <laughs> Kalin, then later on Gary Busey almost ripped my arm off and wanted me to dance with him. Wow. It was like my first year living in L.A. I don't know. I haven't heard this story. (laughs) This is some, uh, like, it was like crazy. (laughs) Like, uh, like all those people in a room together. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, and maybe I'll tell my kid. Was OJ acting story. strange? Is that what, <laughs> that, what that you accidentally said? Uh, well, and, the, and like like Raven Simone came in, and at first I thought like, eh, she's being kind of rude, and then I was like, no, she's not being rude. She's being a normal customer. But I'm my awareness of her is simply heightened right. because I know who she is. But then there was one person that I know that, that I knew about who was particularly rude. Yes, and like essentially threw his change at me. Yeah. Uh, didn't, but like not in a mean way, in a very dismissive way. And then I said his name on the show and, and I David wisely. Out, yeah. I pointed out that like most of the guests we had had up to that point and a lot of people we were trying to get yeah. our friends. With this he was guy. from the comedy world. Yeah. Mm. Um, can we say that he has since been on the show? He has since been on the show. Did you tell I, him about that? Uh, no, no and we have so you not, never aired it. You got it before you. Yeah. We cut it, it yeah, out yeah. before, before then, but he's been on the show and, but also other people, that we've told that story to who know him have been like, yeah, yeah, it's about right. <laughs> well, if you uh, sometimes this shush, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Here's your- I wouldn't be caught dead in a blockbuster. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, uh, I'll smear some shit. Faye Dunaway was difficult. Apparently, Michael Lerner's difficult. Oh, really? um, well, I, 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 I felt- heard when I worked at the I worked at the ArcLight for three months. Yeah. Uh, after I'd lived out here for a little longer than I should have, it was definitely a fall back in my career yeah. that I had to take a job at the ArcLight for three months. But uh, I Faye Dunaway never came in during the three months that I worked there. But I heard from all the other employees like if Faye Dunaway comes in, watch out. Yeah, that was the rep- reputation she had. Yeah. She, had, she would come to Center She'd be like, you know, I, 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 you know, I mean, I, 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 I was trying to find a thing. It was a recommended by Fincher's assistant, and um, and I, and also, uh, well, and I have late fees, but I mean, come on, I mean, I, I'm, it's me. I made your movies. I mean, these are these are because of they're here because of me. It was just like, ooh. Well, that's, I can that's say more sad that, than like, anything else. I mean, now it's, it's public knowledge. I couldn't believe like that I heard that people were still hiring Tom Sizemore because I, he is absolutely the worst person I've ever worked with, and everyone that I've talked to that has ever worked with him has said the same thing. But like, I read that he was on a t- new TV show now, like a, like a couple months ago, and the reason I read that is because he, in a scene where he's just supposed to get in a car... <laughs> And they yell cut. He decides to put it in reverse and he ran over a stuntman. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yes. I and I was like, that sounds about right. And then like within like a month of that, he was arrested for allegedly beating his girlfriend. Ugh. And he finally was fired from the TV show. And I'm like, how does that guy get hired on a major television series? Like 
this is like 20 some years of awful behavior and he's never cleaned up his act and he's never changed. And it was just like baffling to me that he had been hired on a show and I was like, okay, he ran someone over. I, they kept him. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh God, they're almost like, you know, probably grateful that he got in trouble again. You know, not that, not that anyone would wish that on anyone. But I like, like that he runs someone over and they're like, you're on thin ice size. Yeah, mark. exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh man, the stuff I could tell you that I won't say, I would think your head's been. My experience like, from my couple of years of being a production <clears throat> assistant when I first moved out here is that I actually found that a lot of the bigger name stars were perfectly fine. Most people are really nice yeah. or they keep to themselves. Yes, like that, they yeah. just, you know. I, I worked on, uh, this is the second day in a row now, I've talked about being a PA on Beowulf, but like Anthony Hopkins, John Malkovich, Robin Wright, at the time Robin Wright Penn, uh, Ray Winstone, like all these people were so sweet and yeah. friendly. It's the people who were like just... The, the guys who are just getting their first taste of a, of bigger jobs and stuff, or they're the, the ones who have an Or attitude. the people that are oh, over, you know. In right, right, cases, right. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, uh, and then I, uh, like, uh, Molly Shannon was a total sweetheart when I was mm-hmm. a PA on Year of the Dog. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that story, except that, there, yeah, there's one guy uh, who was a total jerk who was on Beowulf, uh, and uh, I haven't seen him anything since. So, fuck that guy. Yeah. I think I might have told to Pat what story once said that, uh, no names, but there was one actor I worked with once who was the brother. His brother was a little more well-known, and uh, and he just thought it would be, he was just kind of a, t- a big bully, sort of, you know, and I remember him, like, looking down at me, talking down at me. He, like, had some prop, and he, for, for some reason, thought it would be okay to, like, whap me in the balls with the prop, and I was like, ow, you know? And, he go, and he's kind of, like, looking at this thing, I wonder what this is used for, and I go, well, it's not used for hitting me in the balls, <laughs> and he realized, like, that when I like stood up to him, how embarrassed he got real embarrassed. He was and a then, bully. Yeah. And yeah. then he, and then he spent the rest of the time when I saw him like being so nice and like, so what's your story, man? What's your, you know, and, uh, where are you from? Ah, oh, cool, man. I'm a down to earth guy. It's like all I wanted to communicate. I was, so it's, it's fun. Cause we're, we're not saying any names cause yeah. we don't want to bring I said all the names Hollywood said Sizemore. And, and I remember <laughs> your stories about how lovely one out of his way Tracy Morgan was to you when you yes, worked on Thirty Rock. That's true. We can flip it. Tracy Morgan and you hear that and about Alec him Baldwin all the time. Yeah, so great. They yeah. went out of their way to be like complimentary. And Tracy Morgan, like he came up to me, you funny, you know, and he's like, you all time funny, you know. And then he's like, uh, he saw me standing by myself at lunch, and he like pointed to go, you know, like the, the empty seat, like it was like nice guy at school, like come sit with me. Oh, you that's know? great. Yeah, he was the best. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, so there's plenty of people. Sometimes it just gets a little fun and nasty to talk yeah, shit. Let me I'll just, tell a couple sorry, of go ahead. great, uh, nice celebrity stories. Oh, now now um, my negative one's not going to. No, no, uh, get that uh, negative one in there. It. We'll come back and we'll see. It's a nice, we got, a, we got a nice balance. We get some nasty, for, some good, um, some na- You know, the yin and the yang, the good and the like evil. It's movie. It goes this way, it goes that way. We don't know where, <laughs> then we come back to the center. Um, <laughs> also during Beowulf, Ray Winstone's, his uh, footy club or whatever that he follows, um, was was playing. It was going to be televised that Saturday morning, and he was like, "Anyone who wants to come out to the King's Head Pub in Santa Monica, my team's on at like nine thirty or ten in the morning." Uh, and so, anyone from like fellow actors like Brendan Gleeson and Crispin Glover down to like PAs like me came out, and he for the entire like day was like, "I got all the drinks and food, uh, all on Ray Winstone." So wow. Ray Winstone, yeah. good guy. Yeah, that's a good that's one. A king. Yeah. And you had a joke about Ray Winstone, uh, uh, where it was like, um, it was a dumb inside joke that where you just make a joke and you keep repeating it all day. And it, 
it was, it was actually on a shoot, and it's like St. Patrick's Day, but it was like, you know, today's St. Patrick's Day. But one thing I notice, you ain't wearing no fucking green. <laughs> <laughs> we just kept saying that all day. Uh, okay, so negativity. Um, so I was interning it uh, at a production company, and it's a small enough company that I can't, I can't even say what it was. Um, and this produ- this company made a small, a, a very small movie um, that uh, I think I, I remember at the time they said like, oh, it's going to be big on video. It's not going to be big on in theaters. And I think it even just has been lost to the sands of time. It's not a bad movie, but in it uh, there is this young actor who'd been in like I think five things, and this was a big deal for him. And um, but this was a you know, and Pat, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like this was a, a small enough production that you know you you. Uh, the producer had sort of a, a tentative uh, understanding with the various unions and that sort of thing. Right. And, uh, and so this young actor, there was a moment when I he actually does anymore. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> I just say no. It does. It definitely does. Even seem if to be... I like the script, I just say no. Josh and I have discussed this. Mm. You, you don't, uh, you don't care for unions. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Just the, the, there's a certain level of production where you just, you get, you get your, your bat radar goes off right yeah. well before you you know when you're getting offered even if the script is good and the part is good and you're just like yeah uh, and this was a bad yeah this was a young actor that's the thing uh, and oh my gosh and so what had happened was he had to come in for uh not even reshoots just uh just some adr and he needed to get paid for that day and it wasn't happening. He was going to get paid. Like it was, it was absolutely going to happen, but it wasn't happening fast enough. And he wasn't really sure what to do. So he wanted to do everything by the book. Mm-hmm. So he talked to his agent. But I mean, if you're or doing I think ADR, you his... sign a thing and you get paid later. You don't get paid when you show up. I yeah, mean, I don't, I don't remember the, the specifics, right. but, uh, but I think he actually talked to his agent who then talked to like his union rep or something like that, who then talked to this producer and the producer got very, very angry. Well, that um, will, yeah. And know, so then like, like they sh- wanted the ADR to be free or something. You want, they just wanted him to just, be- he didn't like that. He, th- this producer didn't like that. He now had to deal. Sure. With union, well, like I said, you, you know? don't get paid for ADR when you show up to do it. You get paid later. It's like every other job. Yeah. And, and so, sign out and like, but again, like so much of this is like a rookie mistake on this actors sure. parties again he's trying to do things by uh by the book he's trying to he's let frightened. everyone know yes yeah. very frightened and part of my job was to listen in on every phone call and uh make notes hmm. you know for things that might uh, i might need to research later and i listened in on this phone call where the producer called this actor and i got and i i listened to like this whole thing i listened to the yelling i listened to the swearing and i literally heard like it it wasn't far off from you'll never work in this town again but it wasn't it, it was very close to that and i remember being like this poor fucking he's like a 22 year old kid oh. and this is a you know 50 something year old producer and like even if the kid did make a he made even if he made a mistake and he made things bad for the for the producer i get it but at the same time like he may on. have cost that producer hundreds of thousands of dollars though if he alerted that the could, union that could be a problem yes but at the same time like he oh. still he still worked with the cooperation of unions yeah. but it was just you know yeah i i you know it's funny i was when i was in virginia i was with the, my my lovely uh, host andy guyerson who runs the the programming there at the draft house and i was having a you know i'm in the middle of post on my movie and uh i was i was on the other you know i was on a sure. phone call from there just 
you know, it just happens in post. You just, you're screaming and we're yelling about all this and that. And he was sitting, he had driven me somewhere to get something from the store. And we were in the car and the call came and he sat there for a half hour and just listened to me like scream. But he thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he'd never like been in that. You were like, Schilling, you're never going to work in this town I again. I was like, you know, everything's fine, Andy. This is just like where we are right now in the process, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. While we're swapping celebrity stories and speaking of our um, meltdown shows, uh, Pat, one of the, my favorite stories ever has to do with Werner Herzog and a candy bar. Oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we were just talking about this. I was, where was I telling? Somebody was asking me about him. Yeah, I did this movie Rescue Don with uh, with Christian Bale. Oh, it was because I yeah I just did Evan Katz who did uh, Cheap Thrills new movie up in Montreal with um, with Nikolai Costa Waldo who's on oh, Game yeah. of Thrones and uh, and and Nikolai Nikolai was asking about we were talking about actually we were talking about uh, actors who are difficult uh-huh. and we were talking about how. He has, Christian has a reputation for being difficult because of that tape. That's, you know, right. what, those of us who have been in those situations, you know, understand. He, I'm sure he feels bad that he went too far, but everyone, oh yeah, that, everyone that I know that works. I think that tape's completely out of context. It we totally is. Well. Yeah, it's but like, he's, yeah. and he's, I, he's, I work with him. He's a terrific guy, and other people I talk to feel the same way. So, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did that movie with, uh, with him and with, with Werner. And so it, the movie was about, was the, you know, narrative version of The Little Dieter mm-hmm. Needs to Fly, mm-hmm. the, the documentary that he made about the, a guy who escaped from a POW camp in Vietnam. And, um, and Werner was really good friends with Dieter. And he had recently passed away, uh, you know, before, not too long before we did the movie. And um, in the script that we got, there was a scene when they, when they, finally rescue him for the first time they give him a candy bar to eat Mm -hmm. and in the script it said Snickers I'm laughing already I haven't gotten (laughs) the funny part yet and we were sitting uh, Toby Huss and I um, another actor who's also in my my film as well Toby um, uh, were sitting uh, at the hotel bar and he was yelling at the AD or whatever producer why does it say Snickers here? I implored them, Butterfinger. I implored them. And then uh, that was hilarious. So, but that was totally out of context. It turns out that it was a Butterfinger in real life. And it would have been a Butterfinger. And the reason is the Snickers melts mm-hmm. in the jungle. It was 120 degrees in Thailand when we were filming in 2005. It should have been a Chico stick. But the, exactly, the Butterfinger, uh-huh. <laughs> the center stays hard. So uh-huh. that was, it was a, an accuracy thing, you know. It was like, you know, Werner got in the, like, when we got into these helicopters with the doors open and took off, and we were shooting in there, he did the clapperboard. He wiped the sweat off my forehead. Uh-huh. He held the microphone. Like, that's him. Like, he's, you know, amazing. He does, He's like, he's not going to let anyone tell him, well, the union says. No. Yeah. And, you know, like, we were, like, there under, you know, somewhat nefarious, uh, uh, you know, circumstances anyway with the Thai government. And there was a producer who allegedly got arrested leaving the country with a suitcase full of money. And actually, none of us got paid for years and years and years on that hmm. movie. But uh, um, it was an interesting time. But, you got yeah. paid in stories, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, no, we got paid like a big check came like many years, like just a few years ago. And that was hmm. like 2005 that we filmed that. It came out in 
2007. But yeah, I didn't get paid for a long time. There was a a nightclub like guy who wanted to be a producer who partnered with a, an NBA star. And I think that was their first movie. And it's detailed a little bit in that there's a New Yorker profile, Bob Werner, from around that time. And they gave him the movie The Rundown with The Rock uh-huh. and um, Sean William Scott. Yeah. Like, oh, you should watch this so you know how to shoot yeah. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Werner Herzog. Wow. It's so Did he watch it? <laughs> watch it's this rundown. It's a super great movie. It. I love The Rundown. Um, but, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you know hey, Orson Welles, <laughs> yeah. check out this, this this Rocky <laughs> four. <laughs> um, yeah, it's always fun when you hear stories like that and you realize like, oh, yeah, it's it's like when you hear um, about a, a corrupt politician in Chicago or what? Louisiana no. and you're just like, oh, yeah, this isn't these aren't just fun stories. Like this is a thing that actually does happen. Yeah. And the idea of like the mob getting involved or like not a, a nightclub guy um, getting involved in uh I don't know that any, uh, you know, yeah. there, that anyone did anything, yeah. you know, uh, improper. I don't, I don't actually know yeah. what the story there was. I, did, I do know that it took many years for us to get paid, and I think that had something to do with the fact that they sold it to MGM like right before this premiere at the Toronto Film Festival, and probably MGM like didn't know that like you, yeah. you did what like, and they probably <laughs> just didn't know. But there was some weird stuff going on there. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know if I told this story on here before. Okay. I don't think I've been on since this happened, but I, oh boy. this wasn't even an in-person thing, but I, I think I probably told it other places, but I went in to read for the show Vinyl uh-huh. with <laughs> Ellen Lewis, who's been Scorsese's casting director for like 30 years or something. And, you know, he to me is the, you know sine qua non of mm-hmm. filmmaking and, and a huge part of my life, but I've never met the man and I certainly had never worked with him. Um, and as far as I knew, I was just, you know, going in to read for this show that he was directing. I was very excited about it and I was not too nervous because, you know, it was just with the casting director, although she's, you know, quite legendary herself. And uh, I was walking in. She was very nice. As I was sitting down in my seat, Ellen Lewis says, Marty wanted me to tell you he loves the innkeepers. He watches it all the time with his daughter, who was like at the time, like I think like 13 years old. He wanted me to tell you that. And I started crying. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even like, it was just somebody passing a message along. It was like my father telling me he was proud of me. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I called, I remember I was leaving and I called Ty West, who's (laughs) like the most like, low key guy like ever like he was like what <laughs> and then uh i didn't say anything to sarah because i knew she was they were caught she was coming in too like the next day uh-huh and uh sarah paxton uh, and she went in and the exact same thing happened like she just like freaked out <laughs> sarah is in twin peaks too i think uh i saw her name on the list yes on the list of actors released yeah is there anything you can tell us about twin peaks do you play Bob? You'd be a good Bob. <laughs> Is that an insult? No. I can say that I am in it, and I can say that David Lynch directed it. Okay. That's, right. what, that's what's in the thing that's released. Battleship oh, Pretension nice. exclusive. <laughs> that's not exclusive. It's released everywhere. Oh, damn it. Yeah. I was hoping we had something. Yeah, the closest thing that I have to your story is... Uh, 
you know that uh, you know that thing that came out. I think last year, maybe the year before. Uh, Too many cooks. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chris Casper uh, Kelly. Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, I followed him. I was following him on uh, Twitter, and yeah. then he followed me back. I'm like, hey, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I tweeted a, a a quote from Nashville, and then he responded, and we had like a really nice back and forth. And he goes, he goes, hey, by the way, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm like, what? Yeah, the same thing happened to me. I, I, I followed him. I was a huge fan of it, and then he started following me, and then he took me out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, he was like a big fan. Yeah. He was like really nice. I we, thought that we, thing it, was like ama- like brilliant. I, mean, I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's it, you know I, I've told him like whenever he's in town. Like it he turned should... out that he had done a short film years ago that my brother who does who was a film programmer hmm. to festivals and stuff like had programmed and given him an award or something like that. And they knew each other, which I didn't know. But yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, it's and I remember I, got, I know that's I got cool, almost huh? angry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we've been. It's like. This is like the eighth thing you've said to me in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, you kind of yeah, buried yeah. the lead there, yeah, uh, yeah, friend. Right, yeah, like this. This made my day. It was I very know. exciting. Strange things happen like that to, to, to me all the time. Where it's sort of like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's just. But that's that is. Uh, now, if I found out that Martin Scorsese listened <laughs> to the show he and might. was a big fan, it's really quite remarkable how com- much he he sees everything. Right. Yeah. He still does new stuff as well. Yeah, and like my brother who was. Uh, the um, who sort of you know ran uh, helped run George Eastman House, which is now I think called the George Eastman Museum in Rochester, New York, which is this huge archive of motion picture film in the place where the original camera negative of Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz is and all that stuff. And they do lots of preservation, and they also have a theater, which is my brother mm-hmm. programmed. And uh, but Scorsese, who is a thirty-five and sixteen millimeter mm-hmm. print collector, keeps the majority of his print collection there. And even things like, you know, the Grifters, which he produced, like all the dailies from the Grifters are down there. And like, you know, I remember when Steve Buscemi visited, uh, he said, oh, I'm in there somewhere. I guess he did a scene in the movie that was cut out. But uh, so, so, you know, my brother would always like text me like when Marty bought a new print. You know, Sergeant Troopers just shut up. Like, you know, like, that's the movie that's so funny that. <laughs> right. Like the Coen Brothers, like Scorsese, like that's like that that movie is like the favorite among like the big film the filmmakers like that I like super admire like those I always hear about those guys that they love Starship Troopers. Good, good for them. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I like. Are you too. are you uh, have you shared on this podcast many of your brother's good stories about when he was working there? Or I don't are you, know are what you I Liberty can, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, he had an amazing. I can't really say what happened, but but you know, basically one of our you know, childhood heroes and still somebody, you know, a giant. Uh, Woody Allen came through town with his uh, band and got a call that him and his family wanted to come and tour and my brother showed them around for a day and it was just like, you know, (laughs) crazy stuff. Like when we were, like when we were kids, I wanted to make movies and my brother wanted to do what he's doing now. And, you know, I'm talking about like when I'm seven, he's nine years old and we're getting, riding our bikes and taking a bus to go to this mall, which like uh-huh. you don't let people don't let their kids do anymore, <laughs> but in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, you did. Um, it's crazy, and we just kind of like realized, like, whoa, we decided this is what we wanted to do. It doesn't ever, you know, there's a spot that you're headed towards, and it just it doesn't. You don't go straight towards it, but it just kind of like goes, and then you sort of like this is exactly where I wanted to end up, like uh, on this podcast, on no, this podcast. you know, like <laughs> I, 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 uh, I writing and you know. Not, I didn't write this film, but which is another crazy thing because it's like I made shorts 15 years ago, and then which I wrote and directed, but I didn't know how to write a script. 
kind of taught myself how to write, became a very successful writer, even though none of the films got made, some of the TV got made. Mm-hmm. I finally direct a movie and I didn't write it. Like, it's like mm-hmm. I, I ended up in this place where I, I wanted to, but like, so being around these people, you know, and like the people that my brother, who is like the most impressive cinephile, I know. He's, he's like, probably the he's probably the top. Like if you sat at been. dinner and like with Jim, my brother, and Alexander Payne or Tim Hunter or any of these guys that are like crazy cinephiles too, it's like they're speaking in code. Like you don't mm-hmm. like every movie from the beginning of the history of movie from every country. You know uh-huh. they know and they're talking and you're like you can't even catch up. And I, I mean I consider myself quite yeah. It's like know, I feel like knowledgeable. It, but it, it, for for if you and I walking around on the street can stump anyone. But, like, when we get with the real big dogs, it's like, man, they've really put yeah, their life yeah. work into this. Yeah, and certain, like, cool things happen. Like, Alexander loved uh, this Italian movie that I don't think had ever shown over here called I Knew Her Well. And uh, my brother screened it, and I, my brother and I happened to be friends with people at the Criterion Collection, and Criterion put it out. And now it's a movie that is well-known by people because it's put out by the Criterion Collection, but it's a movie yeah. from the 60s, an Italian movie that, Nobody knew in this country. Uh, same thing with Il Sorpasso, uh, um, which is a movie that uh, that that uh, Alexander like was very that was a big influence on Sideways. Like mm. it wasn't a movie. I don't know if that ever played over here, but it certainly wasn't a big movie. But he loved it and like introduced it to like you know my brother and certain people within that circle. And now that's part of the Criterion Collection. So it's kind of amazing, like this world that like you're a kid like you know you know as we're recording this gene wilder has just passed away recently mm-hmm. like that was the first mel brooks gene wilder woody allen anybody on sctv and anyone saturday night live like those were but in particular when you're little when we were little mel brooks woody allen gene wilder like there's no like it's 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 incredibly odd and wonderful that like suddenly you're like this person is like talking to me I don't realize this person is a fan of mine like or this person is you know we're like standing next to each other like you know it's it's not lost on me but it's really hard to like fathom because it's not a dream anymore it's a reality you know can I ask you both a question and I'm going to cut this out if I don't like the answer <laughs> has anyone said hey I heard you on Battleship Pretension has that yes, ever happened a yeah? lot oh hey alright that's, that's nice. why I was like uh, <laughs> not, not I wonder what I'm saying <laughs> Um, well, you've heard negative things. So people are <laughs> negative things. Uh, yeah, in fact, people all over my, the country. My girlfriend sat, went back and listened to every single Battleship Pretension I was on. Yeah, that's just, a lot. I'm just finding out that you have a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Can you believe it? Congratulations. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, can. No. I just didn't know. Well, she was like... Uh, look at this. Look at this face. She was like... Uh, she was like... Um, look at this point. She went and looked. She was on single. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hear that, ladies? Head over to Pat. <laughs> uh, walk up to him on the street. Um, I haven't seen you all summer because I know we haven't, ta- we haven't had to talk. We Actually, talked since, I got uh, my uh, yearly physical, which you guys will start to do once you're in your your forties, and if you don't now, but I have for the first time in my life a vitamin D deficiency because my editor lives like in my neighborhood, <laughs> so I like have not been in the sun uh, for you know four months basically. But yeah. please continue. Oh, just that she was saying that she went back and listened to the. Archive of Josh episodes on Battleship Pretension. Did she find you? Yeah, hard by to the bear end, or? she's like, you know what? I think we need to see other people. <laughs> yeah, she was like, and so she's no longer. She lives in Nebraska now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she says that. She says, I agree with the trolls. Shirt. 
<laughs> what do you think, honey? My <laughs> quote girlfriend. She's like, I need to go to the bathroom, and then just the curtains blowing in the wind. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, so did we get to the question? Yeah, that was the question. Was has anyone ever? People said, have said it to I've me before. You. I think that you guys were the first podcast I was ever on, and 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 uh and I. And I, I think I was. You've definitely been the one I've most consistently been on. So if 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 people have ever said, if Josh, you, go you have on a the podcast? IMDb message board, I think is like, or one of those places. Like you'll see, like heard this dude on Battleship Pretension. He really knows his shit. Oh, or something. Yeah. That was probably me. I know I saw it somewhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frequently we'll bump up the T. podcast. T. Smith. Eleven thirty eight. We do like to have <laughs> We like to have people on the show who know more about movies than we do. Yeah. yeah but I, I wanted to know has anyone seen anything any watched any uh anything that they liked or discovered anything that they liked recently or seen anything they hadn't seen before? Uh, I've been watching discoveries. I, I had what a, have you been looking at? I had a big uh, a big August of of catching up on on older older movies what'd you see um well i saw we already talked on the show but i saw i was at the um uh i'm a member of the association of moving image archivists and their uh, annual august symposium they do you know panels and presentations but then it's three nights of uh new like 4k restoration so i saw it happened to be three movies that i had not seen it was uh one-eyed jacks uh-huh. Marlon Brando so movie, great. Uh, Beat the Devil, which is an uh-huh. interesting movie, but not that great, I yeah. think. And then I, uh, weirdly, it's a blind spot, but I had never seen McCabe and Mrs. Miller before, uh-huh. and that was the, yeah. the closing night uh, film. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was great. And then uh, I watched, I just watched. Um, we talked about it on last, uh, well, I guess a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the Tony Richardson film, uh, A Taste of Honey. No, I was, um, uh, yeah, Criterion just put that. Yeah, up. that's what I, yeah, I watched that. that film, it's actually. great. Yeah, it's really I great. Um, I know uh, you guys didn't mention any sponsors at the beginning of the episode. Did no, you just not gone to. You don't have any today. We're, uh, because we're doing five episodes oh, in gosh, one week. So you mentioned whatever. They only meant our sponsors only sponsored one episode a well, week. Well, so I, I don't know if any. I don't know if they're sponsoring any of it this week, or if you want to cut this out and put in another episode. Uh-huh. But shortly after you. Uh, last time I was on, I remember you talking about something. You were talking about Lovers on the Bridge. It was one of my favorite movies. Okay. And uh, it was playing on Mubi.com. Yep. Yeah, they're still a sponsor. And I didn't know. My editor just hit me to Mubi. I, I didn't really mm. know Mubi. Uh, and I was. I remember you saying, what's he talking about Lovers on the Bridge? I love that movie. What's he talking about Lovers on the Bridge? And then, um, but I had discovered this movie that was very hard to find. I was looking for it. And the only place I could see that had a reference to it was Mubi.com. And I said, what's Mubi? So I kind of stumbled upon Mubi. And their programming is great. Yeah. 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 They're, and they're, they change it every month? Is that It's it a is? new movie every day and it expires after 30 days. So right. I like that better than Netflix because Netflix, Hulu, you're like, I don't know what to watch. Five minutes yeah, here, the, I give up. The paradox of choice, that yeah. whole thing where it's like when you go to get a bag of potato chips and you just get anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Netflix actually, I mean, I feel like if you're, if you're looking for a TV show to watch, Netflix is TV, great. TV, yeah. As far as movies, I don't know. There's they're a not lot putting of, new old movies up and stuff yeah. now because no, they're, they're going over to being more of a TV network. But um, yeah. you, you, you can find, you know, if you, Netflix, uh, um, Hulu, Amazon Prime, like, you know, if you're looking for stuff, you can find it. But, but I, I feel like that's the thing. You have to be looking exactly. for that, whereas, stuff. Like, whereas with movie. Curate, so, which yeah. is yeah. like... I like that. To be an old man for a second, like, you know, I did grow up in the era of three networks, and you know, uh-huh. not, I didn't have cable until I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. So, 
like I didn't have cable until I went to college. So right, whenever whatever yeah. came on, you're that's what, what you watch, and you were like you would watch things that you wouldn't normally watch because that's what was on, and you discovered things, you know, and that's just not happening. That's what I, that's found, what I like that's about what the music and the radio too. It's like it's like, yeah, there isn't there's more, which is great in a way, but there's less people curating it. I mean, there's more people curating it or not curating as it is, and so it's harder to find. Whereas like if you turned on a radio and heard a song and there's only so many stations, you're like, what the hell is that? I got to find that record. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. It's a little um, bit overwhelming now. Growing up without cable, I found, uh, now I always knew that I, there were certain references. Uh, a lot of my people, my age grew up watching Nickelodeon. And so they have all that as part of their childhood that I've, I don't, yeah. I don't have that. But I found with my wife, it's not just what I'm missing. It's that I have different references because I am way more well-versed in, like, reruns of MASH and Newhart. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there weren't – at a certain point, there weren't kids shows on Columbo. anymore. And I would just keep watching. Yeah, I Columbo. I think I've mentioned yeah. Columbo the last four times I've been on the show. Yeah, there's stuff from the 80s that was on cable, like, in a period of time when we didn't have it. Like, because we, we lived in New Jersey for a few years and had it, and then I – Moved back to Illinois in a town that was like still fighting cable as like a dirty thing or something, <laughs> and uh, and which is odd. But uh, now cable's the one fighting, right? But, uh, but so there's certain movies that are like classics to people of my generation that aren't to me. But like you know, I mean, like the stuff from like the 30s and you know, or stuff from the 70s, which is like when I was you know really watching stuff. What are the movies that people uh, are? One of them is the never ending story, which I saw recently and it's perfectly fine, but I, I just and Labyrinth is another one where it's just like mm-hmm. I don't have a personal connection to those movies with that other people of my age do. I, like I, I didn't watch Labyrinth or The Dark Crystal growing up. I have since watched them as an adult and um Labyrinth is laughable and the Dark Crystal is a complete snooze. I can't and, make and my way Clue, I didn't get through Dark Crystal, but I didn't do it yet. And Clue is a movie that that came out and was perfectly fine and I saw it once and it was I liked it fine but like is is a huge movie because we didn't have cable then so I didn't watch it every day like these people do that now like that's considered like a modern classic but, that's, but like, that's I watched I watched that every day at the time and then on Facebook recently in one of like these that movie huge groups now. I can't believe people don't talk about Don't Tell Her It's Me with Steve Gutenberg right, yeah. Yeah. as Lobo <laughs> but yeah and it's it's just fascinating to me and I recognize you know if you grow up with something of course you're going to you're going to mythologize it in your own head but I grew up with Clue I still respect Clue there are certain performances I love in Clue mm-hmm. but I think Recently, they somebody had said that they were going to you know make a, a new movie of Clue. Yeah, people because was, it's it's more popular now than it ever yeah. was. And people just said like, "This is this is ridiculous. You could never remake such a." And it's like it's it, not it was that really great. Su- it was such a minor movie when it came out, and it was you know the reviews but were minor and and it's the, also it a movie that I watched a ton as a kid. But as what mm-hmm. what Tyler's talking about is at a certain point you can have fond memories of a movie, but you have to recognize that it wasn't as great as I you don't thought know. it was I, when I, you were nine. I, 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 like I hear people like talking about it now. You know, Goonies was one that I I saw when it came out, but again, I didn't watch it. And religiously, it, it doesn't I'm, hold up that well. I, I, I think it's very. Good. Have you seen Stranger Things? Have you seen Stranger Things? Have you seen Stranger Things? Who's seen Stranger Things? Have you guys seen Stranger Things? Okay, we're not going to wait. That's my impression of everybody. But uh, I have not seen. Stranger I would things. say that a, a movie that I saw recently that is great. Uh, I saw it quite a while ago, but I saw it this year. Was the movie that I mentioned earlier that uh, I knew her well from 1965 okay. by Antonio Pietrangeli, which uh, was a discovery so by Frenchman. Yes, uh, <laughs> Alexander Payne that Criterion has since put out, which is a really great movie. Um, 
uh, sort of it, it, taking place in that same era, but shortly after La Dolce Vita, the you, there was a post-war party, party, party in Italy, and then a kind of like burnout, uh, kind of hangover, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the early '60s, the mid '60s, uh, where people were kind of lost because they'd just been partying for, you know. 15 no. to 20 years. That's the same director who did uh, Aj- Ajua and Her Friends. I uh, haven't which, seen that one. Uh, I have that one, um, Raro Video, which is like a Kino Lorber like imprint. I know, I know Raro. Yeah, they put, they put out that. That's a good movie. And I will say that recently, I, I went to see this, actually, that is screening at the Cine Family, and I, I thought that uh, this will be a nice afternoon lark, and I ended up loving it. Uh, was uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, which I think yeah, is great. He liked well, I, I have a question about that because I was very excited to see it. The story, I haven't seen it yet. The story is very cynical. Is no. the story cynical? Is the movie cynical? The movie is, that's the most delightful thing yeah. about the movie is it is it is a movie about and treated in a way where, where people are not, Nothing is cynical about that movie. Oh, Everybody yeah. is treated with dignity and respect. Yeah. I, was anything, it could no I was thinking that it should have been cynical. No. I feel like, like it could be it it like uplifting and sweet. Because that would be, it's not saccharine though, but it's, yeah. it's, it's not also like a triumph of the human spirit story either. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to explain without seeing it. It's yeah. very surprising, but it's not. Because if it's cynical, then it's one joke and it's over really quick. You know well, what I mean? I guess it's like if it's like, Really in my mind, I thought, script. is it going to be like a, an, a satirical uh, take on bourgeois, or is no. it going to be, you know, like in the, I heard on the, like the, uh, the, uh, this American Life Story is great. I think it's like super funny, and they nail I didn't very know well. anything about the ins and outs of the story, so to be fair, I only knew it was about a woman who sings badly. Right. That's it. So I, I, I thought that the story was incredibly surprising and like touching and it's like there's things in movies that you automatically judge people for doing and that you don't like the, the Hugh Grant character like you know should be you should be mad at him but you're not because like the movie treats them all with it's sort of a movie that says that like people are like nobody is deserves content like everybody is like uh-huh. trying to like you know do their best and, and nobody Which, is you know that's kind of like one of the themes of the movie there is a moment where it almost crosses over into or oh, we're going to turn this into a, it, it rides the line of we're going to turn it into trying for the human spirit story much like in the way there's of one the, moment where it's like uh, it's much like in the way that the end of ed wood which i take as very much like a fantasy moment where a plot a nine from outer space plays at the Pantages Theater, you know, to arousing applause. But you accept it in that movie, I think, yeah. because there's a certain tone to it. Right. And there's almost a moment where, of that in the movie, and it, it, they don't, they let you have just enough of it and, and, and don't yeah. go there. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful movie. I, I, that and um, Sing Street, the oh, yeah. John Carney was, movie, that yeah. guy did once. That. Yeah, he did once, and, and then Begin he did again, which and then he's one which not great. But, yeah, I did uh, not like Begin Again, and so I was so Sing like. Sing Straight is terrific. I went to see Sing Straight. So it was like literally like fingers crossed. Yeah. Where did you see it? Uh, I saw it at the Lemley NoHo Seven mm. because that's it's uh, new. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. came out earlier this year. It was at Sundance. Oh, um, they didn't really do a great job of getting it out there. I think it probably had a bigger audience. As was Hunt for the Wilder People too. Is a wonderful movie, yeah. and like it just, I don't, I don't know if. I don't know how you would have. I saw that movie like months after it had come out in a packed theater filled mostly with Kiwis. And oh, they yeah. were laughing at things that like I didn't even know were jokes. Yeah. So, like that movie always has like 
a big following and I know other people will love it, but it did, it just didn't, it's hard to get above the noise if you don't spend $25 million on advertising for your movie anymore. So right. movies like Sink Street and even if, and um, Hunt for the Wilder People, even if they get great reviews, they don't do like huge business and it's not, yeah. you know, maybe the distributors don't see it as like, if it's, if it's not gonna, if they're not gonna spend 25 million or 30 million advertising it to just, you know, let it yeah. kind of ride out and get it's like a lot of the movies that I'm in, like, They've become, I, I, I don't like to say this, but I'm like, I tell people to cast me in your movie if you want everyone to love it 10 years from now. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the new, there used to be second run and cable and, uh, uh, you know, late night TV and home, you know, um, video stores. But now it's, people just have to sort of eventually discover something or not. You know, yeah. I think a lot of good, really good things get buried because of the streaming things that tend to, you know, the algorithms tend to favor the things that are more popular. But again, if you're like us and you're looking, you know. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be looking. I'll find like a movie, I'll see a movie by a director that I like. Like just recently, it's like, I love John Huston. Some of his movies are my favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't happen to like To Beat the Devil, but yeah. I, I uh, and some of them are great. But I, I realized like, oh, how much I love him. And then I watched a documentary about him that's on the, Treasure of the Sierra Madre Blu-ray, and I was like, "Well, I haven't seen this, this, and this," and I just got a bunch of them. And some of them are good, and some of them aren't, but they're all of interest. Like to me, especially if you watch a director's body of work in a row, you know, like yeah. And that's the cool thing where it's like that's not on Netflix. It's not. I'll rent it from iTunes and I'll watch it on the plane, you know, yeah. or like. So, have you watched his um, World War Two documentary? Short yeah. documentary, the uh, Battle of San Pietro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've been both of those. Yeah, yeah. Let There Be Light is, is I haven't seen Let There Be Light. Well, Let yeah. There Be Light was a movie that was I saw that one, yeah. banned by the U.S. government until 1980, I think, which is all about the um, post-traumatic stress syndrome mm-hmm. that's oh. going on with all those guys. And that was actually the movie that... There's another story about Eastman House is that we watched when Paul Thomas Anderson came and showed Punch Drunk Love there in 2003, we watched Sierra Madre in that theater, and that was like the germ of... Um, there will be blood. And he told everyone to watch all the actors in the master to watch the, let there be light and let there yeah. be light is on the master DVD and blu-rays. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Um, what have you seen recently? I've seen a bunch of stuff. One thing I'll start off with a bad one. Okay. Uh, you re- you really ha- want to do that, huh? Yeah. Uh, cause <laughs> it's funny. Um, well, it's funny. We talked about, we talked about this movie before. So Pat knows this story, but there's a, but you're there's not going to say what I think of it. Are you? No. Well, uh, I'll say what I think of it. That you have you have chimed in. I don't think the director's um, working anymore. Oh, okay. Um, so, so Is when I was a kid, my grandfather used to take me to the movies, and one uh, one weekend he called me up and uh, uh, and he says, Josh, he's no longer with us, and he says, Josh, I'd like to take you to see the movie. I'd like to take you to see a movie. It's called Dad. <laughs> and <laughs> if you don't know Dad, there's a movie called Dad, Director's which is... not working because he passed away recently. Oh, did he? Yeah. Something Goldberger or something? Yeah, he did. Goldberg, yeah. creator of Family Ties. Okay. Oh. Hmm. And so, Spin City. So, um, so Dad uh, was... Is that with Jack w- Lemmon? Yes. Okay. It is what you could describe as old people bait. Um, <laughs> this movie... Uh, um, if you look at the trailer, it's like heartwarming, heartwarming old man. This old man is old and he's old. thinking about his life. It's old man. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't want to see dad at 
nine years old. I wanted to see Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> so I I uh, turns got out it's surprisingly similar. T- took my yes, they're same movie, both um, feature dead people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I convinced my grandfather to see uh, Weekend at Bernie's with my brother, and uh, I think he fell asleep in the theater. And um, but I I as I got older and became more of a movie uh, fanatic. Um, I thought about that movie Dad and I and then how my grandfather wasn't alive anymore and it's somehow silly but it made me sad that my grandfather wanted to see Dad and I'm pretty sure he never saw Dad and that made me sad and then when when uh when uh Video Journeys was closing they were liquidating their collection and everything was a dollar and I was picking through and I was like they still got Dad <laughs> you know what I'm going to buy Dad for a dollar so I bought Dad and I finally after a year after I bought that bought it or something got around to watching dad and i gotta say dad's not so good (laughs) uh it's a movie that that if you want to see an exercise in like this movie is just just nothing it's just up and flow it's like it's based on a william wharton novel who like he wrote birdie and all these books and it's not the book is not you know book is pretty like heavy yeah like it's not this like heartwarming like thing but if if the guy who created family ties directs it i guess that's what happens to it right um, Wait, did your grandfather enjoy Weekend at Bernie's? He fell asleep. Oh. I think he enjoyed going out with the boys. He bur- he was like the Bernie between the two. He's liking it. He had sunglasses on. <laughs> um, but, uh, I happen to know the last movie my grandpa saw in the theater because he used to, even when he was retired, but he would still sometimes go in the morning, work half, day, half days, I think just to stay busy, and then sometimes he'd go see a matinee after. And I after he died... His my grandma gave me some of his clothes, and I had this trench coat, and he had a ticket stub for four four weddings and a funeral. It was like two days before he went to the hospital. Oh so, wow! And that was the last That's movie. Nice. That was good. My wow. grandma. So I like that movie, but uh, yeah, there's so they they say fuck a lot in that movie, and yeah. I, so I try, I try to imagine my grandpa. I just remember with the F word about parents and dads, and and uh, I knew about that book, Dad, because my my father had it on the shelf. But uh, I did the movie Draft Day with Ivan Reitman, uh-huh. and. Uh, he was great and I was like to me so my father took me to see Stripes on my 10th birthday in 1981 I was he was like what do you want to see I'm like that was the movie Bill Murray like that was the movie I wanted to see and it had been out for a little while but and it was like amazing but I told Ivan that and he was like your dad took you to see it? I mean, you're 10? That's a little raunchy. I was like, ah, that's great. And then I I saw Ghostbusters. That that still holds the record for the movie that I've seen the most in the theater. I saw it nine times when it wow. came out. We wow. just went every week, and it played for months, you know. But, like, I mean, that was another cool moment, too. I just thought of that. Yeah. One of the movies are good that you like. Oh. Um, Not Dad. Dad. Yeah. Dad is just, I don't know, sometimes it's good to watch a movie that just totally is a mess screenplay wise just to just to see like why does a why does a movie that's work and then see this movie doesn't like there's no stakes in the movie and it's really just like here's a soft movie that oh, that people will like and there's a couple of like moments where Ted Danson like stands up to a doctor who's very villainous played by JT Walsh mm. and uh JT Walsh is someone villainous <laughs> yeah. yeah your father needs care and I'm the only one who can care for him you're you don't know the type of care my father needs I'm picking him up myself anyway doctors um what if I saw rattle off some of the ones I saw I saw I've discovered um you you guys familiar with uh, Jonas Mikas you know Jonas Mikas? I know who he is. I don't know that I've seen him. He's it like before. this, uh, f- he's made, he made some things, but he's like a renowned kind of film critic and writer and stuff like that. So, and they're part of just a more arty uh, scene, I guess. 
But I had this collection of uh, VHS from um, uh, someone dropped, donated them to Cinephile, you know, and 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 so I and they weren't going to be transferred, and so whoever's working there was like, Josh, you want all these VHS? I was like, yes. And this um, this uh, um, like kind of arty label with a lot of experimental stuff, but there was this movie called Hallelujah the Hills, directed by Jonas Minkus's brother, and it's like. The back is best described as they say, like, a Cubist comedy. And um, there's no one famous in it, but it's it's just really cool. It's kind of just about these two um, men-children types. It's from the 60s. I don't know. I don't know how to how to describe it without sounding boring, but it was just a really cool discovery. And, um, and just lots of weird physical comedy and lots of crazy stylish stuff going on that... Um, it's just, uh, but never feels pretentious. I just was trying to imagine if a movie like this were made today, if it could be pulled off. And uh, so I don't know, this rare movie called Hallelujah the Hills, if you can find it somewhere. Um, and then what's another one? I, well, people I, can just call you up and ask to borrow you. Yeah, you, borrow can borrow my, you can borrow it from me. It's uh, Google it. That's why how I found Mubi, because I was saying, well, I don't know anything about Hallelujah the Hills, you know? And, and I was so excited about it. And then Mubi like, has it, like you know, because they have like, pretty much they try to have everything logged uh-huh. and then and then I, I got on movie and i i really i watched several movies on there one i really liked was the hal hartley movie trust um anybody seen that one I've any hal hartley fans you hal hartley fan not a hal hartley fan i've seen um is it called uh, yeah was it called? i hadn't seen it something, i liked it something men uh, uh, i hadn't seen it um hal hartley movie the movie. battle wizard right. is this uh is this um um, is this, uh, what do you call it? Um, Chinese movie. movie. Oh, Kung Chinese. Fu movie. Yes. And then Memories of Murder, I also watched that on, uh, that's a movie. Korean that's movie, a good right? Yes. Yeah, good. I yeah. Like that movie. I like that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, Frame Up, another movie by, a movie by John Jost. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen that one. It was, re- it was kind of a harder to find one, but, but, uh, uh, it was very funny. Frame up if you can find it. You know, there's another crazy thing that happened recently, which is that my brother and I have gotten to the point where they ask us to do commentaries on Blu-rays. And, like, one of our favorite movies, like a movie that we watched on VHS a gazillion times in high school, is The Taking of Hell in 123. Damn right. Walter Matthau. And I love that movie. I keep eyeing it on the shelf right behind you. As well, I keep eyeing oh, Rescue yeah. Dawn. So, oh, I should have brought a Blu-ray for you guys. <laughs> you got the new one? Uh No. Well, my brother and I were asked to do the commentary on it. I'm taking like, a one, two, three? Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Just uh, Kino Lover. Kino Lover, mm-hmm. okay. So, uh, that I love was that a, music, that too. David Shire. Yeah, David Shire's score is great. But, uh, you know, that was, like, that was a big movie for us. And so, you know, we did our homework and did our research. And, we, yeah, there's, like, reviews out for it and stuff, and people seem to like the commentary. So Come on, dummies. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> like, you know, that, that was, like... They was like basically like you guys like this movie and I was like oh and then my brother just did my bodyguard which is a big movie for us because it was shot mm-hmm. in Chicago and it came out in 1980 uh, I think my brother saw that in the theater like four times or something but he did it with Tony Bell the director he came out here mm-hmm. to visit and did that commentary with him which that should be out now it's the first week you know well, by the time this airs it's definitely out yeah cool. Awesome. Now, I do want to, I know that we, we should probably start wrapping up, um, and I had a, a number of questions or comments. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think, uh, movies that I watched because of the two of you, uh, either separately or together, we'll go separately for the time being. Um, 
Josh, I believe I went to one of your like late night screenings at uh, the New, uh, New Art, uh-huh. and uh, I saw Street Asylum. Uh huh. I love Street Asylum. Street, Street Asylum. Oh, with Wings Hauser. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I remember, and, and, Pat, and, I think no, you were at that one. I didn't see Street. Oh, Asylum. really? I saw Terror Vision. Oh, but I think you've probably seen Street Asylum. I haven't. Right? No. Oh man, I've seen. Night You're gonna Night love Squad. Street Asylum. Yeah. It's got Cy si Richardson in it. Yeah. You know what I just featuring saw noted actor G. Gordon Liddy. Trash. Have you seen that? One? I've seen Yo, Street I Trash. I love. Trash. You've never seen Street Trash? No, I saw it. In, I thought that we'd watch Street Trash or something. No, it's together. pretty pretty remarkable. That's one thing you could just throw on and like let it massage. It's pretty amazing because there's just a there's a diversion there's there's a just the sound a digression is so cool in the middle of it where some guy's cock gets cut off and tossed around in a game of catch that has nothing to do with the movie but goes on for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they there's the famous scene where a guy gets swallowed by a toilet, yep. you know. And I grew well, up watching. I grew up watching plot, that movie. But like right. the stuff, there's like an hour in the middle. It's just like doesn't deal with the killer wine oh wine at all. It's right. just like weird random like stuff. That movie is like beautiful. To the me. effects are pretty great. Yeah. yeah, just the colors. Anyway, you were saying. Uh, so yeah, Street Asylum is is a movie that I thought was great, and I, I mentioned uh, that uh, uh, G. Gordon Liddy is in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. which is an odd choice. Uh, but yeah, uh, I remember liking that one, and that's something that I wouldn't have seen without you, Josh. Okay, good. And then a movie that I might have seen eventually, but it became urgent because, Pat, of your Was love. It Margaret? It. it is Bone Tomahawk, which came out last year. Bone Tomahawk. Uh, I, I had a bad audition you, for that movie. You're the one that said, like, you gotta see Bone Tomahawk. Not me, no. That was you. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Kurt, Kurt Russell? That yeah. was, a, well, it might have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Might have been me. I had a bad audition for it. Didn't see it. Really? Uh, you, yeah. What, who did you audition for? I saw, uh, some guy who gets killed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some guy who's cowering and oh. uh, he's like a. I think he's like a cop or something. Oh, you should have gotten that. Part. Oh, I didn't yeah, have a good a audition. Actor, it was one of the more recent it. ones where I was like, that was bad. And the director, I don't know. I was like, I'm not. Sh-. I just was one of the ones in recent memory where I was like, I don't didn't know what I was doing in that one. Uh, I think it, ju- it just occurred to me. Uh, Lone Survivor is the one that uh, that you were like fighting for very passionately yes. for the BPs, yeah. and uh, and it was somebody else fighting for Bone Tomahawk. Now that I think about, it. but it was just like uh, in both cases, it was Bone Tomahawk, like the only Lone person. Tomahawk, Bone Survivor, Lone Survivor. Easy mistake. That's, that's bone it, Collector, yeah. Lone, that's to- a, lone that's Collector, a Bone Survivor is a different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. um, but speaking of Lone Survivor, yes, uh, Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg have two movies coming out this yeah. fall. Uh, together, these the guys deep, love each other. Deep Water and we mentioned the rundown earlier. Patriots Day. They have, they made two movies. And two movies that are both like where Mark Wahlberg plays. They're based on real events. Mark Wahlberg plays real American hero. Were they made at the same time? I don't or? know how they made it. They're coming out within like two months of each other. I think Deepwater Horizon actually by the time this you're hearing a movie this, that might he be produced, out. But, uh, it's pretty pretty damn good. Uh, Hell or high water. Oh, yeah, I did like that yeah. one. Now, did it have Ben Foster, Craig, and did that playing the character? I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> that's Ben Foster. Ben, ben that's Foster. my Ben Foster oh. impression. I'm Ben Foster. I commit to the character. Did you ever see, uh, what's the Bruce he's Willis? He's really good in that movie. What's the I'm Bruce sure Willis Ben Foster movie? What was it? The Bruce Willis Ben Foster. Oh, hostage. Hostage. We saw Hostage yeah, together. That's yeah. a good one. I like that movie. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. And I, yeah. I and I, uh, that came out around the same time as that that's other like Bruce Willis movie. That's like a kind of like, uh, Oh, like unofficial die. Like there's a few unofficial Die Hard movies where he basically just played John McClane. <laughs> I was going like, to mention like, Sixteen Blocks, which I, I kind of liked. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's like old McClane. Yeah. yeah, but like, but like, Hostage is definitely like he's like lower class cop. They're rich people. Like there's a point where they like they're 
the shields go down in the house. He's like, fucking rich people. Like, it's really <laughs> just John McClane. But yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, and who's the other, who's the other uh, burglar in that movie? The, the sympathetic one. John. I, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I can picture him. What's he in? What else is he in? Yeah, uh, I can't. I uh, Oh, he's in, um, for some reason, The Deep End is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's the, the kid, kid from, from The, the Deep, Deep End. End. Yeah, Jonathan Tucker. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's that that right. Yeah, yes. He was in The Ruins. Uh, I never saw The Ruins. I read that book. Yeah, the movie's not that good. Yeah, great, great movie. Written great by uh, written by Scott Smith, though. Like he also wrote uh, the screenplay, which actually reminds me, I was going to ask uh, you, Pat. So you are a writer, yes. But the movie that you directed, you did not write. I did not. We've covered this. Did okay. you, as a director, change the script at all? Yes. I mean, I, what I did was develop it for okay. about. You know, I worked on the script with the writer for about four or five months. And okay. Then I, and then as I sort of moved into directing it, I, I sort of, you know, there's things that change every day and stuff like okay. that. I sort of took over the writing duties. But um, did you, like, as, as somebody that has written and has uh, possibly had uh, some of your uh, stuff Well, the changed. script was written for me, so oh, it, was okay. very, it was already very personal and okay. great, a per- perfect thing for me to do. But, okay, yeah. so you didn't hurt the writer's feelings or anything like that? No, in fact, he's just seen it for the first time. He loves it. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, do, uh, is there any idea of when this thing's going to be released? Yes. Okay. When are we thinking? Uh, probably early next year. That's very exciting. Yes. Um, so we got, we got Take Me coming out. We got Twin Peaks coming out. I know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, going to be when? Uh, I, well, I've heard 2017 in the media. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Right. And you I know really nothing. And then I did uh, Evan's movie, which is called Small Crimes, which will probably be out sometime mm-hmm. next year. And I did... Did I do another movie this year? I don't know that I have. <laughs> I, I've been tied up. I, you know what I did? Is what, I did, did you, sh- you shot... I did you about shot three, this year, three right? episodes. Yeah, I shot in April and May. Yeah. I did about three episodes. I think three episodes of uh, the Patrick Stewart show... Um, uh, the Jonathan Ames show. Oh God! Um, the, the, the a, name it's, gossip, it's on guy. Stars. Yeah, yeah Blunt I've seen Talk. It. Blunt Talk. Yeah, yeah. Which was great. Did you work with Sir Pat Stew? Of I think. course. Yeah. How's he and, doing? Um, great. Yeah, I love okay. him. Uh, like, Carnage Park is still guy. fairly. It's still Carnage out there. Park. Yeah, is like it's, it's October when you're hearing this. It's the time of time you're watching. I think in October or November it comes out on disc, like Blu-ray and DVD. I like that one. I'm trying to think if there's something else that. I did. That's coming out, but I, I think I've been so busy with this that I hadn't done much. So I well, did have a question for. Uh, it's it's fun to get the two of you together because I often have question the same question for both of you. We met um, doing comedy together. I mean, I we knew the two other guys. I had a bunch mutually, of friends and stuff, and then we got together and we ended up being uh, buddies ever since. Yeah, before we. Started recording. We were talking about uh, Ghost Trusters yeah. uh-huh. and uh, Space Jam 2. Uh-huh. If you have kids, they love it. You should show it to them. <laughs> um, and These are available on the internet. Yeah, I have comedy classic videos by Josh Fadum. Yeah. I have posted uh, them on our Facebook page, so you can, you can see them there. Thank um, you, by the way. But... Uh, What's fun to what's fun with the, the the Josh Fadum brand of comedy is to look at the ratio of likes to dislikes on uh, YouTube because well, of there are people. Of course, you got to bring this up. There oh, are people that just 
like yeah. he is on the show. I know I, you're wrong. The the ratio is way more like. No, absolutely. Oh, but that's like what you're it's saying. no, no. It's uh, but you know what the the Rotten Tomatoes thing is completely flawed because a movie that half the people love uh-huh. and half the people hate has a lower rating than a movie yeah. that everyone thinks is mediocre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you, my friend, are in a sweet spot if that is the case. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. Yes. And that's now, well, now loved. that's wrong because I said no. Ghostbusters has more likes. I would. Well, I'd rather like, yeah. be loved by the right people. Yes. Than that's loved by everyone. That was know? the thing because yes. I also wanted to talk about that's cheap thrills yeah. and compliance because I feel like your guys' separate sensibilities, uh, and I know that you didn't, you know, necessarily make those movies, but you tend to be in movies that you people f- for you, whatever you reason you end up finding. That's the thing yeah. I was saying is like I wanted. I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do to do, but it didn't. It wasn't like I set out and like had a plan. It's just yeah. like I do feel like, and I'm sure you feel this way too. Like the things you that you are really attracted to find you as well. There's yeah. something to the secret or whatever that is. You know, that <laughs> right. law of attraction. Like like the directors that I work with, like as a cinephile, like I couldn't have asked for more of like people working now. Like yeah. when I was starting off and didn't know what the hell I was doing, I'm working with Paul Thomas Anderson and Werner Herzog and Terry Zweigoff and you know all these people you know that are not to mention all the actors and all the people that I've, that I've been fortunate enough to work with. It's like, and then the movies now I've kind of like become, uh, all, you know, going down and they have this whole thing for me and I'm sitting there watching the movies and you start to do Q and A's and you start to see familiar, you know, things that pop up and, you know, you're like, Oh, well, and I, and I wear that. It's like to see your whole body of work together like that. It's mm-hmm. quite pretty remarkable, but we'll say like with cheap thrills, you know, the biggest disappointment with me is it's great, and people are finding the movie now, was that, and Evan's finally making another movie, which is great, is that it plays so well with an audience. Mm-hmm. It is a party movie. like, and, But but most people don't see it that way. Yeah. And I guess it's true of most movies now that aren't horror movies or, com- or comedies or action movies, is people don't go see them in the theater anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and that movie wasn't a horror movie, although they tried to, you know, make people think it was. And I guess it has certain elements in it that are that could be considered that. But um, it it just it, it, it plays so well, and I was reminded of that again. Like this movie should should have been like a huge hit. I mean, I know it's no. deeply polarizing and weird <laughs> and dark, but when you sit well, in a theater of people that are there to see it who have never seen it before. They're just like going off. It's like the hangover in there. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't even hear the movie at certain points. It's also a thing where on a larger scale, that type of movie, the dark comedy. Yeah. That's what I came of age watching. Right. The, the, the um, Something Wild, well, the, some, the After Hours. Something Wild, you know, King of Comedy, Fargo, and After Hours, uh, and Fargo. King of Comedy, Married to the Mob. And Big Lebowski. Like those are all like big touch. Those are but, Big movies but, about the movie that I just made. But, but like, the, that's that brand of movie, which I think is late 80s, early 90s, yeah. She-Devil, I mean, just Heathers. all these, Heathers, I think that counts. The movies that are, like, about murder or ethics yeah. or whatever, comedies, but they're comedies. Yeah. Those, like, those, that was, like, a, a type of movie that was made, and then it got phased out. I don't know what happened. Now that exists, like, in TV, like Breaking or Bad or something. Or it's super broad or whatever. Yeah, it's super like broad. Like, they're doing it's, Bad Santa, too, but it's, like... That doesn't like, look like... Right. Doesn't it look looks like crap. broad. Or, like, or it's you see a comedy... The, it's all the stuff that Todd Phillips filmed after Terry wouldn't do the reshoots. It's all the nut 
kick jokes, not yeah. kicking jokes. And if you see like a, a comedy now, also it's or like I don't know how you feel. I didn't see it, but I, I'm not going to see that movie. I didn't see that movie War Dogs. It looks like like this looks like the most awesome movie ever. If you're a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> like uh, the um, I'll say it too. I don't know if anyone else is scared to say it. That movie looks like a piece of shit about two pieces of shit starring two pieces of shit. But uh, um, I find Jonah but, Hill to be quite a, a lovely guy. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but it looks like he's a piece of shit. Well, I think he plays a piece of shit movie. in the movie. Maybe he does a good he does a good piece of shit. Yeah, uh, Jonah Hill does a great piece of shit. Yeah, and but uh, in Wolf of Wall Street, like that's it's like the there's nothing but pieces of shit in that movie. Right, but it's, and he's uh, great in it. Yeah, he's marvelous. I went on a tangent, but. Uh, yeah, th- those type of dark comedies, like they're either indie movies that mm-hmm. like should get the type of release that you know some like like an After Hours would have gotten, or or they're on TV. You know, it's like the TV show Fargo or Breaking Bad or um, well, what are the other dark? Maybe comedy my shows? movie will break the streak. There maybe, we go. Maybe it's really so, like in right up. Is it? Is it? Is, is it? Take me. Are you allowed to say? Is it also funny? Yeah, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah. my. One of my questions, and this is, might be a little bit uh, introspective. All those movies you mentioned are like, you know, King of Comedy, obviously, that's my favorite movie of all time. That's yeah. right. Like big, and After Hours. Yeah. And, and Something Wild. Death like Becomes those, Her is another dark sure. comedy. Like, or like Death Becomes 30, Her. Like yeah, movie. that's great, too. Yeah. At 30s, I had that one, and War of the Roses, yeah. too. Yeah. Which is like so dark and so funny. Yeah, like, War of the Roses, throw like off the go back and Wild like, and Hard also is. really like dark. But uh, movies from the 30s, like, are not only like, First of all, they're way better. Like movie stars in the thirties were all women. Like these, like powerful women, like other stars, yeah. and those they were the biggest stars. Yeah. So like how somehow we've gone backwards, like you know, oh, yeah. over the last eighty years, you know, ninety years. But like some of those, like that were touchstones for me in this movie, like the screwball comedies, like Twentieth uh, Century, uh, Howard Hawks movie with with Carol Lombard and. And um, John Barrymore, To Be or Not to Be, the original one, Jack Benny and Carol Lombard. right there on the shelf. They're like way more challenging and edgy than anything now. And it's like, you know, then, you know, whatever, War Dogs or whatever, I don't know. Like these movies, I don't These movies with titles like like, Office Christmas Party. (laughs) Horrible Bosses. It's like a comedy that takes place in in Nazi-occupied Poland. I mean, it doesn't get much darker than that, you know, but like it's hilarious. Did you guys see uh, Sausage Party? No, I didn't see it. No, my um, parents went and saw it the other day. They they seemed to have enjoyed it. Yes. Although they were like, but it was really raunchy. I'm like, yeah, it's called <laughs> sausage party. Sausage <laughs> party. <laughs> no, the language. There's a so, fucking ad. Is a hot dog like going into a bun? A lot it's of weird dick like, jokes. It's a weird thing to latch on to. It's just like it's like I like this Avengers movie. A few too many superheroes. Yeah, for my taste. I don't know. Too many capes. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thanks, guys. Oh, this is lovely. Great time celebrating yeah. our 500th uh, week of podcasting. Um, yeah. And of, as always, you can find us and find the rest of all, most of our 500 episodes and everything else about com. You know where to email us and Twitter us. Uh, what about you guys? Where can people find you on the internet and, and, and find information about your upcoming projects? When does this uh, when does this come out? This Mid October. Mid October. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you will have missed the comedy tour I'm leaving for tomorrow. <laughs> so don't come to that because I won't be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm probably going to be seeing it. I'll probably be at a Halloween party sometime soon. I mean, you okay. know, I might see you around there. Probably. Oh, do you have a costume plan? I got you. I got you with something I'm doing. I, I do. I, I do have one. I'll tell you a lot later. Right. Uh, Surprise. I um uh so um. I did an hour at uh, UCB uh, Sunset uh, last week, and it was the first time. I've been doing stand-up for 
for in LA for 13 years. I've been doing stand up period for a little over 13 years. And, uh, this was the first time in LA where I did a full hour and it was a blast. And I had, I feel I had a super good time and it sold out and I'm going to do it again on October. Uh, hold the phone, turn the page, October 26th. All right. So come okay. see me do an hour, October twenty sixth at well UCB. Well, your time. See Josh do stand up. Yes, it yes. was a it was a, a, a physical exertion on my end and the audience's end. But I will I will perform for you. I will give it my all. I will not let you down. Fantastic. Yeah. I have to assume they had to replace a lot of a lot of microphones at the end of that. Right? Oh no, I'm professional. I got it down now. I don't break <laughs> okay. anything. All right. I don't <laughs> it took know me a long when, time. Uh, Blunt Talk is on. It's on Stars. I don't know when it premieres. I I, I wish I did. I I had forgotten because I did it. I literally was shooting that the day before I started shooting my movie. That's how like tight it was. So uh, that's kind of nice though. It. it was good. It kept my Where it's mind. It's like off you're like boom. You, you do the work and then you yeah. And I was already you know prepared and everything. And then uh, my movie Take Me will probably be out. I don't know, sometime early next year, I think. Um, Valentine's I, Day. Maybe, possibly. That'd be nice. Um, and then um, Evan's movie, uh, uh, Small Crimes, sometime next year, I suppose, too. I feel like there's something else that I did that I... That Good title, by the way. be out. Thank you. I didn't come up with it, but... Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I can't take credit for that, but um, I feel like you there's You want a tiny else. faux pas. But I don't know, so I don't want to like misspeak. You know what I mean? You can well, still we're, see we're, plenty we're, of things out there. I mean, people can find you on the, the find yeah, you know, on Twitter, Twitter, Pat underscore Healy. Uh, there's yeah. uh, there's uh, as you said, uh, Carnage Park is out there, um, which is a good one. And um, if you like, especially if you like seventies driving kind of yeah. splattery fun, me that's one chewing I, the scenery. It will. I mean, I, 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 there, there's, there's, there's not for thing. everybody, but it's, it's definitely for the people that <laughs> um, it's for. There's a, there's a thing. It, it reminded me of compliance because neither mm. compliance nor Carnage Parker are necessarily lighthearted movies, no. but in both cases you have at least one huge laugh line oh, in yeah, compliance. Yeah. It's when you say, uh, let's do that then and take a bite of the sandwich, which is very oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, that was Craig's idea. I can't <laughs> idea. <laughs> but in, in Carnage Park, there's a, a, a very sort of avuncular, like, I'm going to have to go ahead and knock you out there. Yeah, that's like a that. really interesting moment because it, it everyone laughs at that, but what immediately follows yeah, is... Yeah, without even cutting, the rest of that shot is, is horrifying. Like horrifying. And then yeah. uh, I was reminded of this. I worked on this play. I was on the crew of this play um, at Steppenwolf when I first started my career as an intern on this play, Libra, that John Malkovich directed about Lee Harvey Oswald. It's based on his Don DeLillo book. And Laurie Metcalf played... Uh, she played... David Ferry, who's the character that Joe Pesci plays mm. in, in JFK, but she oh, also okay. played Oswald's mother. And at the end, Laurie gives this really heartfelt speech to the audience, this monologue. And um, we were in previews, and every night she would get a laugh on one of these lines. And she liked getting the laugh, but it was also like a very kind of tragic thing as her son was Lee Harvey Oswald. So on the last night of previews, she got the laugh, and when she got the laugh, she screamed, shut up! And the entire audience, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. And she did it every night during the, it was oh, amazing. Wow. And the same thing happened every night. And so when that moment, and I'm in the theater with- Were you in the Park, scene with her? I was on the crew. I was just backstage oh, oh, gotcha. watching. 
the fun happened. <laughs> but like, uh, um, I loaded mice into a cage that that uh, you know she that lowered onto the stage that David Ferry played with. But that moment in Carnage Park immediately took me back to that <laughs> thing that Laurie did, where it's like you know, that turn on the dime kind of thing. Yeah, and I have some of that in my movie too, where it's like. It has a lot of shifting tone things. And sometimes like when you're previewing and it's not done yet, people are like, I don't know what the, and I'm like, I want you to feel that way. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I like that. But Do you yeah. get a lot of annoying notes. They're like, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know. No I mean, co- there no it is. comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, we all, that, I wasn't sure. I mean, eh. we will all see the, uh, the fruits of, of that labor uh, soon. I'm it all sure. worked out great. All right. Uh, thanks again, guys. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Great to see you guys. Pat, glad to see you. Good to see you, Josh. And also, uh, thank and then you. when you, I'm scared, I'm scared because when you stop pressing record, we're all going to evaporate. We're going to see each other again. <laughs> thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 